And so uh, I think we're going to start off this morning by taking you on a journey. Uh, Mrs. Weaver and I met uh, on a blind date, of all things, in, in 1969, in, uh, in the summer of 1969. And about 11 months later, we got married on uh, July the 18th, 1970. Uh, she had two years left in college, and I was graduating, and I went to her mother and her dad, and I said, please let us get married. I said, if you'll let us get married, I promise you. She'll graduate. And with that promise, her parents you know, agreed to that. And so I went on to seminary for two years and got my master's in Mrs. Weaver at two years left, and she finished. And I'm glad she did. It wasn't real easy, to be honest with you, because I was working full-time, and we were in a, working in a church, and we were very busy, but uh, we, we loved being married. Um, I grew up in a broken home. She grew up in a very, very loving home. The first time I ever heard anybody tell Toby Weaver that I was loved by, was by that woman there. Nobody ever said they loved me. Nobody ever. But when she said she loved me for the first time, and I knew she meant it because I just knew she meant it. So I'm going to take you. <laughs> I knew she meant it. Uh, I'm going to take you back to uh, July the 18th, 1970. You ready? Uh, Brother David, help us out here. Now, that stuff, that stuff in the floor is not puke. <laughs> okay? So that's Mrs. Weaver's dad, and, and there we are at the altar, and Jesus saves. And uh, I, I remember, honey, you, you, remember, you remember very well that we went out in the woods, and we got running cedar. We made the candelabra, we made the running cedar, and, and uh, we put that up there. And that, her dad was pastoring at a little country church in McIntyre, Georgia. So... Uh, we were going to get married that, that day, and we were going to drive back to Chattanooga because we're in school, and we'd do a honeymoon later because we didn't have any money at all, no money. And so, uh, next slide, please. There we are. We. Who is that skinny dude <laughs> with that pretty girl? Next slide, please. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, I said, let's play that great Spanish-American game, El Mucho Smucho. <laughs> Next slide, please. Okay. Uh, the, the tall girl in the middle is uh, Mrs. Weaver. It's what do you call her? Maid of honor is what you call her? Okay. She went to college with her. And then uh, the other one, two, three, four, four girls are Mrs. Weaver's sisters. On your right hand is Mrs. Rasmussen. Standing up there, that's Mrs. Rasmussen. The, the pretty little blonde-headed girl over in the, in the right, uh, those of you who have traveled with Mrs. Weaver and, and, uh, and me on tour, that's Mrs. Rusty Smith from Mikado Baptist Church. Her husband pastors there. Now, uh, she's, she doesn't look like that now. She grew up, okay? Uh, the next slide. There we go. Let's cut the cake and do all that stuff. Next slide. Well, let's get out of here, okay? There's the, I guess she's throwing the bouquet or whatever you do there. And um, actually, she's looking up and saying, God, what did I just do? Okay. <laughs> okay, next, next one, please. Let's go honeymooning. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, we're on our way, and we weren't going to have a honeymoon. We, uh, my mama, my mama came, my sweet mama, my sweet little mama came to the wedding, and we're leaving, and, and she said, uh, she said, Toby, here's, some, here's something to help you with your honeymoon. It was $200. So with that $200, we stopped in Atlanta, and, uh, and we went to the Holiday Inn, $17 for a, for a room at, Hol- at, the, at the Holiday Inn. Uh, you can't go to the bathroom in a Holiday Inn for $17 anymore, you know? Um, 
And so we went there. Then we went to Six Flags over Georgia. We went to a double header at the Atlanta Braves. We went to Stone Mountain. And, and then we went home. <laughs> okay, next slide, please. And then if, when you're married, children come along. And that was our first, that was our first baby. That's Todd. And it looks like a monkey. Todd. <laughs> 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 Okay, that was uh, around July the 4th, 1970 something, 1976. We were doing an I Love America program in our church in Athens, Tennessee. Next slide. And then more come along. There's Joey and Todd. And so now, now we have two, thank the Lord. And the next slide. Little boys become big boys. They grew up. I mean, they really grew up. And uh, they, they came out to visit us uh, when we first started working here. And we went down to the ocean, had a good time with them. And that was a good time. And little, little boys grow up, and that's a good thing. Next slide. Then they get married, and they have grandchildren. That's Todd. And uh, thank the Lord for him. He's a good boy. He's 40 years old now and pastors a wonderful church. And Sarah, next slide, please. That's, that's Joey, uh, our son Joey, and his wife and his family. That just happens to be Daniel Foster's sister. So he was smart enough to marry a pretty girl like, like uh, Andrea. So that's pretty. And that, next slide. Then what you get to do, you get to play with grandchildren. That's really fun. Uh, maybe you get to take a maybe you get to take a week or so and go to El Salvador where your son and, and his wife and the grandchildren are and you go down there and I mean man it's just maybe you get to take them to a resort and just have a good time but you can't do this young people unless you're married. Okay, next slide please. Then then lo and behold maybe you'll become a pastor man that's pretty exciting you got to have a good wife to be a good pastor you know. And so when you're a pastor, you want to have your heroes like Dr. Lee Robertson, who was my Paul Chapel when I was in school. Dr. Robertson came preached to, to me. And, and so we're down, downstairs in our church, and I'm saying, Dr. Dr. Robertson, do you have any, any recommendations? Is there anything you could help me with? And he did. And he just he helped me. And maybe, maybe you can let some of us help you, maybe even today. That'd be good. Next slide. And then if you keep pastoring and you get to, you get to know these, these wonderful men of God who are older and their wives and and, and you're, you're, you're intimate, you're friends with them, but you've got to have a wife, a good wife, to help you with this stuff, man. Okay, next slide. Then you get to work at West Coast Baptist College, of all things. And you get to meet cool young people like Raphael. This Raphael, I mean, this is at the, at the, at the Lou. I know Raphael told me a couple months earlier, he said, I ain't coming back to school. I said, yeah, you are. If I've got to come to Hawaii and tie you up, you're coming back, man. And uh, so he came back, and, and uh, that was at the Luau, and he wanted to date my wife, but I said, you can't have her. And, um, the, but he met a girl, now they're married, and they're missionaries, and, and planting a church over in Hawaii, and it's all good. And, and uh, Raphael has a sister here, Lydia. Where's Lydia? Would you raise your hand? Where's Lydia? Where are you, Lydia? Out taking the smoke or something, I don't know. Uh, so so um, that, that's, uh, that's, her, that's, that's her, her brother. Next slide, please. And then you get to do really cool things like travel for the college. That's awesome. And uh, on, your far, on your far left is John Guy when he was a sophomore. Uh, you, you never know who you're with, you know. Now, now John Guy tells me what to do. And, um, and that's good. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because he's a wise young man. And so that's the... Are there any more slides up there? Is that it? That's plenty. Okay, so look here. I want you to have a journey. I want you to have a journey. And the journey's wonderful. And it's ordained of God. It's a God thing. Uh, look, look, if you will, in the book of Genesis chapter 2. Let's start there today. Genesis chapter 2. 
The ride's wonderful. You ready to take the ride? It takes, it takes some faith. It takes a lot of humility. It takes a lot of growing up. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And the Lord God said, it is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Not a mate, but a meat. There's a difference in a mate and, and a meat. A mate is just a mate, but a, a help meet is a mate and somebody that helps you. Now here's, here, here's poor old Adam, man. He's just messed up. Uh, he's lonely. He's lonely. How many of you guys are lonely? Raise your hand. You're lonely. Okay, Adam, come to the piano. Adam and I wrote a song together. Okay? And uh, we've been working on this real hard, and so I want the men who have guts enough to admit that you're lonely. Because Adam was lonely. And, and, and God looked down and, and he said, you're lonely, man. You, you need, you need some, somebody to help you. Okay, you got, you got to help me now. Listen, because here's, here's the way the song goes. There it is. Took a long time to write that song. Play it again. Now here's how it goes, gentlemen. And I'm so lonely that I could cry. All right? Now, if you have guts enough, if you got hair enough on your chest, brother, to admit you're lonely, stand up. Stand up. Come on, guys. Stand up. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right, good. Now, come on down here. You ready? Ready? Look lonely. Look lonely. All right, you ready? Here we go. Together, give us an introduction. Introduction. There it is. And I'm, here we go, together, men. And I'm so lonely that I cry. One more time. That's a good, that's a good. You're getting there. Here we go, together. And I'm so lonely that I could cry. Thank you very much. All right, there's the guys. Okay. All right. So. Adam created this man, and the Bible says, it is not good for that man should be alone. Alone. And so God says, I'll make somebody to help, help him, because he needs a lot of help. Look at the end of verse 20. But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. He's, he's doing what he does. He's working with the animals. He's tilling the garden. He's doing what Adam was made to do. But he knew he was lonely, and, and I, I can see him contemplating. And he looks at the animals, and he says, man, I need help here. He said, I'm hungry. I wish I had somebody at the house to cook for me. He said, I, I wish I had somebody at home to iron my clothes. Wait a minute. I don't have any clothes. <laughs> but when I do, when I do... <laughs> That's pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> But when I do, but when I do, I'm going to have somebody at the house has an iron board, an iron, and going to help me because I need help. I, I, I just, I can't iron a shirt. I, I just, I need help. He said, and, and, I, and I'm, I, my, my neck gets all funny. I need somebody to massage my neck. Somebody to help me with my neck. And, and he said, and he said, uh, 
I just need help. And God knew that. And brethren, you need help. I need help. I need help. I, I, the help meet, a man is very puzzling. We, we're, a lot more, we're, we're a lot more scared than you think we are. We might act big and bad and we're the... But no, 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 no. We need help. I need a cheerleader. I need an encourager. I need somebody to smooch, man. I need somebody to fry the chicken. When I come home, I want two things to smell good. A house and my wife. <laughs> that, help, that helps me. Now listen, young ladies, go clean your room because your husband, when he gets home, he needs a clean house. It, it speaks to him. It's a help. It's a help. And so all this grinding out in this grit Dr. Dr. Shetler talked about yesterday, the grit of, of the daily grind is so important because I'm messed up without a helper. She's the missing piece of the puzzle. So young ladies, you're, you're not here and he's there. You're kind of like this because you're the missing piece of the puzzle. You're the help meet. And it's an, it's an exciting life. It's a wonderful life. When I heard I, was ha- when I, ha- when I, heard I was had cancer, Dr. Birhan said, uh, uh, Toby, you have uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, very aggressive. I swallowed hard and thought, am I going to be here next year? And my wife reached over and just held my hand and squeezed my hand and, as if to say, everything's okay. That helped me. That helped me. And every man needs that kind of help. We ch- with children. Uh, we're, we're, men and women are so different. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the, the house payment. She's worried about me changing the light bulb. Okay. We're, we're, we're different. And I need, I need her. She needs me. We're, we're, more, we're more than just the union of marriage. We're the union of spirit. We're a team. And, and uh, you guys going to go to the mission field? You should have been up here singing. If you're not on the prowl, <laughs> every guy will go walking around and if he sees what girl they likes, baby, y'all just do that, man. Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. Look at verse 23. Well, the Lord, the Lord, Lord took care of this. He had surgery on old Adam and out of the rib. Now listen, he took the rib nearest the heart of man. The rib near the heart, not the rib near, not the not the bone near the heel, so you could act like you're the big bad husband and walk all over your wife. You're an idiot if you think that. You're just a, you're just an idiot. But but God took the rib nearest the heart of man because He wants woman to be near the heart of man. She's a helper, and we need help. If you don't think you need help, brother. You need to come to the altar today and, and admit your pride and your stupidity. Because you need help. It's important enough that the Lord said, that guy needs help. And so in verse 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, shall a man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. I call it leaving and cleaving. Leaving and cleaving. Uh, look, look at Ephesians chapter 
chapter, chapter, six, chapter 5, please. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Verse 25. So why is marriage important? I'm getting ready to tell you another reason as we think about these things. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands. He addresses the priest of the home, the leader. Look, look, guys. The buck stops here. Every man, every wife is a reflection of her husband's present-day spiritual condition. Your wife is a reflection of your present-day spiritual condition, my brother, because you're the priest of the home. You're the leader. The burden is on you. The The buck stops here. And God will, give you, God will give you this wonderful young lady with wisdom, with godliness, with, with the, the, the power to physically appeal to you. If you, want, if you don't want to hold your, hand, your girlfriend's hand, there's something wrong with you. And she ought to, you, you ought to look and say, man, I just can't wait till we get married. You ought to have that. That's as natural as peanut butter and jelly. And that also sounds pretty good about right now. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, I happen to read the Bible, and I've noticed something. Jesus knows something about brides. I'm his bride. You're his bride. We're the bride of Christ. So the Lord knows something about the relationship of the bride and the husband. He, He knows about it because he's Jesus. And when I think, I step back and think, That Jesus says, I'm his bride, and the way he loves me, with no strings attached, when I mess up, when I say something I shouldn't have said, when I think something I shouldn't have thought, when I look at something I shouldn't have looked at, when I go somewhere I shouldn't have gone, he still loves me, in spite of me. And so, Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church, and gave himself for it. Why? Why? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So my marriage is not supposed to be clean. It's supposed to be squeaky clean. I have to work at it. Squeaky clean marriage. So that means when I'm tempted to look at pornography, I better run like a scalded dog. Because it'll, it'll cause an emotional and a spiritual slice in this, in, in this, in this husband-wife relationship, even in the subconscious, because the subconscious mind knows no difference between thoughts and actions. So, for a man to think dirt in his subconscious, he's doing dirt. Did you get that? Your subconscious knows no difference between thoughts and actions, because if you're thinking dirt, your subconscious thinks you're doing dirt. So, we got to stay away from dirt if we're going to have. This helpmeet continued to be a helpmeet so she can trust in the husband. It's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. Now, now, now young ladies, you've got to give some of these guys a chance. Well, he's not like, he's not like Dr. Gatch and Dr. Rasmussen. Well, he's not 60 years old either. <laughs> you know? That's like, that's like asking a little leader to play in the World Series last night. No, no. You, you're going you're gonna to learn these things. I mean, you're going to... You're going to go, you're going to grow together and go together, and a lot of great things are going to happen. It's going to be unbelievable. But when you do get cancer, when, when, when you did make a mistake in ministry, when you did blow it, you can come home and, and she's there and she's not saying, oh, look who's here, the stoop, 
the, the stupid dude. No, no, she, she's there saying, honey, it's okay, I'm with you. I, I'm, I got your back. I got your back. And because we men are prone to go, oh, whoops, <laughs> didn't mean to do that. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. A clean dating relationship means a clean marriage. Mrs. Mrs. Weaver and I, we didn't have anything. We didn't have any honeymoon money. I I told her, I hope we can get back to Chattanooga. (laughs) On our dates, I'd get off of work at 9 o'clock, get back to campus by 9.30. We had about 20 or 30 minutes together. We'd walk around the block and we'd talk. How was your day? Great. How was your day? Great. Yeah. How was your day? Great. How was your day? Great. How was your day? Great. It was, just, it, was just, it was just fun. We'd go to the happy corner. We'd, how much are those honey buns? 25 cents? 25 cents, he got a, a honey bun that heat it, put a scoop of ice cream on it, slice that thing in half. I'd laugh, she'd laugh, we'd eat that thing, take a little walk, go to the, go, go to the dorm, have a little word of prayer, see you tomorrow. And she said, would you come to breakfast? I said, what, what, what's breakfast? <laughs> they do that here? <laughs> and so I did. I believe in that great verse, husbands, obey your wives in all things. <laughs> verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Uh, I made a bad grade in seminary and I cried. I cried all the way home. It broke my heart. And she cried with me. She didn't make the bad grade. I made the bad grade. But she cried. She, do you remember that? It, it, it just, it, it killed me. I loved the teacher. And, I, dis, and I, I, I just knew I disappointed the Lord and disappointed him. It just, it busted me all to pieces. And that's not the only time we've cried together. And, that, and, and, we, and we laughed together. I mean, it's, we, we, we sat around. We have watched Andy Griffith every episode five million times. You know, but that's. It's just something light that we do, and that's what old people do. Yeah, hey, you could fix me a sandwich, please? <laughs> Would you help me get up? <laughs> Dr. Williams, bro- Brother Gary Williams and I were watching. We had him over Monday night. And, um, <laughs> so we, were, we, we, had, we, we had a little meal with him, and after that, Brother Gary and I were watching NBA or something. And he said, man, I'm concerned about my health. He said, he said man, I tried, to do, I tried to do push-ups yesterday. He said, I can only do three. And he said, how many can you do? I said, oh, no, man, a bunch of them, man, a bunch of them. <laughs> so I said, check this out, dude. And I got down there, and I got down and couldn't get up. <laughs> so I'm all the way up to half a push-up. <laughs> man, it hurt so bad right there. <laughs> You don't need to do push-ups. Spend more time on your knees, man. That's what I'm talking about. All right. So, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. So, I got some notes here somewhere. Here they are. So what's the difference in what we're trying to do at West Coast with you? It's an amazing to Dr. Getch, uh, those of us that serve the Lord here, often... Dream bigger for you than you dream for you. 
Uh, last weekend, the, uh, my quartet and I, we were up in uh, Manteca. P.J. Dalzell that sat in this chapel with Laurel, and they met, they got married, and, and he's just a good guy, wasn't he? Just, just a good guy. Well, last Sunday, up, in, up at uh, Central Valley Baptist Church, their goal for a 34-year-old young man that was 17 when he came here sat right here, just like you. He met Laurel. They did, they did the date thing. They did the marriage thing. They have four beautiful little boys up there. And uh, it's, it's just, it's on, man. It's on. They went for 1500 in church Sunday, and they had it. They were going for over 400 on the buses. Over 400 rode the buses. We're going for over 120 professions of faith. It, it happened. And I watched Laurel. She's around there just going and doing and serving and serving and, and, and being the missing piece of the puzzle. And that's what you can do. It's right there for you. It's right there. It's right there. It's, 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 it's within reach. But you have to do it this way. Okay. So if you're hanky-panking, sneaking off campus and doing that kind of stuff, then, then uh, young lady, in, in 20 years, don't be surprised if you walk down in your husband's study and his computer's open and he's watching hanky-panky. Because you're going to sneak around now, he's going to sneak around later. So don't sneak around. Back up and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. And what do I mean by that? I mean, the, the kind of love that I'm talking about is not what you see on TV or hear about and songs and all that business. It, it's, Cal, it's a Calvary love. There's a difference in love and Calvary love. I can't hear, Dr. Shetler, I can't hear a song about the cross without just, it just gets me. He died for me. He loved me enough to be on a cross. Nobody, nobody ever loved me like that. You kidding? Come on. But he did. And he's, he's saying, he's saying, Toby, I died for you and I love you. And then when you get married, I want this to be a picture. You, you see what I'm trying to get you to do? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and, and I, I'm not the expert. I mean, man, I've, I've been down there and gotten up, been there and gotten up, been down there and gotten up, been down there and gotten up, been down there and gotten up. But she stuck with me. Because she's the missing piece of the puzzle. And young ladies, you have that power. A few years ago, this guy was walking around campus. On, on his, his leg was broken. He was walking around. I said, hey, man, what happened? He said, my girlfriend dared me to jump off of Heritage too." <laughs> and I said, you did? Yes, sir. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> so a guy would just about do anything for a girl, you know? So young ladies, you, you, you got to know that you set the thermostat. Funniest thing happened the other day. There's a guy that I love. He, he, he had to drop out of school for finance a little while, but he's back, much to his eternal credit. He's back, and, man, he gets my vote. Well, he's met this pretty little gal, and so I've, I've seen him walking around campus last week or so, and, and uh, he used to kind of drag around, but now he's about that high off the ground because he met that girl, and she's encouraging him, and he was walking along, and he's so animated, you know, and, and I was driving off, and I rolled the window down and said, Hey, buddy, how you doing? Fine. I said, How'd you get such a pretty girlfriend? He said, he doesn't have her yet. Well, never mind. <laughs> That's when you pull the shoe out of your mouth, you know. Let's talk about this love for a minute. Calvary love is a covenant love. A covenant. Calvary love is a covenant. There's a difference in I agree and a covenant. Calvary love is a covenant love. 
not only is Calvary love a covenant love, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a Calvary love. It's a covenant love. It's a covenant. Covenant love is covenant love, and, co- and, and Calvary love is a, is a causing love. Why do we love the Lord today? I'm going to tell you why I love him, because he loved me first. I love him because he loved me. He causes the church to love him. Husbands are to cause their wives to love them. Now, here's how you do that. I'm emotional. I'm, I'm uh, impetuous. I, I have the knee jerk like nobody ever met before. I have one of those. I have a temper. I'm just messed up. And so I have to guard two things. And young, young, young men, it will help if you'll just get it today. I have to guard my words and I have to guard my actions. I have to guard my words and I have to guard my actions. So which, which, what, what are we going to do around here? We're going to guard two things. We're going to guard our... And we're, guard, we're going to guard our... Those are the two things we need to guard. Because those are the things that get you in trouble. How many of you have gotten in trouble before because of your words? How about your actions? Me too. Okay? So we're in this boat together, right? All right? So if I'm going to have, a, if I'm going to have this Calvary love that causes her to understand Calvary love, I've got to guard what I say and what I do. I have to be real careful because my heart will run way out there a long time before my head does sometimes. Calvary love is a, is a covenant love. It's a causing love. Calvary love is a constraining love. What do I mean by that? The first time I ever saw Mrs. Weaver was I knocked on the door of the dorm. I'd never seen her, never met her. She came to the door. And she stood there with those flashing blue eyes and a yellow dress with little green flowers on it. And I said, yes, sir. That'll work. That'll work. And I was constrained. I was constrained. Calvary love is a constraining love. The love of of Jesus literally stopped me in my tracks. When I heard Oliver B. Green preaching on a Thursday night at Thomas Road Baptist Church in Lynchburg, Virginia, and he began preaching about the love of Jesus and the second coming of Christ, I was constrained for the first time in my life. I'd ridden the bus, and I'd, just to get attention, I'd, I'd gone forward and been baptized at least five times. I was a bus kid at least five times. I was a bus kid or a bus kid. You know, they, they liked the attention, and somebody would take me and get me a hamburger or something because I conned them into it. I faked their shoes right out of their socks. I was a bus kid because I was hungry. But that night, that night, the love of Jesus got me. It's constraining. And Calvary love ought to be constraining. Look, look, I've, I've, uh, Dr. Gadge, Dr. Rasmussen, Brother Shetler, all of us have been around a lot of places, but there's no place we've ever been like this place. There's no place like this place. There's love here, and if you miss it, it's because you have your head way down there in the ground somewhere. Or you don't want it. Or you're too proud to take it. But there's more love in this room it permeates with the love of Jesus. It permeates with the love for each other. It, per- it permeates that. And Calvary love is a, is a constraining love. 
So I've got to guard my words and my actions so she continues to be constrained. Calvary love. It's, it's a, I've learned that Calvary love is a calming love. Toby, you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, very aggressive. The hand on my hand was very calming because my heart was racing and I could feel sweat running down my back. And I got real nervous and scared. And just the calming hand of a helpmate. That's it. And this is what love ought to be about. And that's why you need to get married. Because man was not made to be the Lone Ranger. He needs a Miss Tonto. That didn't make sense. (laughs) It's a calming love. I have learned that our wives are calmed and our homes are calmed by Calvary love. Your kids may be a handful. Ours certainly were. They, they, they were boys. They were, they were ball players. They were, they were, they liked girls. They were, they were, they were intrigued by some things of the world. And, 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 and those things just happen. And, and I don't know how many times we sat around the table and went round and round and round and round and round. And I kept saying, I've got to calm things down here. We've got to be calm here. We, we, we can't, okay, okay, Todd, just step outside, man, I'll take care of this. No, 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 no. Uh, that, that's, that's what the Bible warns, the Bible tells Toby Weaver, that will, that will anger the kid and you just lost. You just lost big time. And so we're to be, we're to be calming. Turmoil in Christian homes is because there's a lack of Calvary love on the part of the husband to calm his wife and calm his family. It takes more strength to be calming than it does to say, come on, man. It takes, more, it takes more strength to restrain than to say, hey, let's just go duke it out, dude. You think I'm scared of you, man? No, that, that's, stu- that's stupid. That's not love. That's pride and selfishness. Nobody ever won doing that. John wrote, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. And then Calvary love is a continuing love. Continuing. There needs to be a generation of those of us who are men who look at their wives from their heart before God and say, I'm I'm not going to leave you, I'm not going to forsake you, for better or worse. Everybody hears all that better and worse stuff. We we hear all that. But I want to tell you something. A lot of better comes, but sometimes worse comes. And you better have made some decisions. And, and, and these activities, get a date. Just because you sit in chapel doesn't mean you're engaged. Just because you sit in the LCLC and had a hamburger doesn't mean you're engaged. It just means, it just means you've got a worm on your, on your, on your line, man. Yeah, that one didn't take the bait. <laughs> Maybe I need more bait. <laughs> Maybe I need to start shaving. Maybe I need to... Tie my tie. Maybe I need to quit acting like a jerk. <laughs> Maybe I need to get some grit. Because girls are, are, are attracted to grit. I'll tell you something. I don't look like I did in those pictures. That's why I can't do but half a push-up. <laughs> Covenant, causing, constraining, calming. I've got just a couple of minutes. So, 
Let's go. Let, let's let's go have let's go have a, let's go have a house. Let's have a, a marriage. Let's do this. Let's get done with college. Let's finish. Uh, I'm gonna tell you what. One of the wonderful, most wonderful things to me is my wife gets to serve the Lord with me, because she graduated. She finished, and we get to do all this stuff everywhere we go. All this stuff through life, we're still doing it together, because she finished. Now finish, girls. Finish. Amen, Brother Weaver. Amen, Brother Weaver. It's good preaching, boy. Okay, thank you. Now, Matthew said, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Now, for about four minutes, we're building our house right now. You're in the building stage right now. Right now. How, how, how How was your house this morning when you left? Gentlemen, your stuff hung up, right? Stuff folded? No clutter? I'm just asking. I'm telling you, you're, 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 you're becoming what you are right now. PJ was. PJ. And so we want to have a castle. Can I get an amen there? All right. Our castle is 43707 Rosier Street for the last 16 years. A castle has a queen. Let's say it. a castle has a queen. Let's, a castle has a All right. Okay, so if I got if you want to be the kingy poo, you got to treat the queeny poo like a queeny poo, so you can be the kingy poo. Okay, and if you're going to be if you're going to be the king, a lot of you guys need to learn how to king it. That's what he was talking about yesterday in chapel. King it. What's that mean? Go to class. That means go soul winning instead of leaving a track in somebody's bathroom. Hello. A woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Help these girls with their coat. Hold the, hold the, hold the, 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 the chair. Open the door. I, I saw a girl the other morning, man, uh, before breakfast. She had trash. Hey, good to see you, brother. This is a good man right here. Let me stand up, son. Yeah, go ahead, please. I forget your name. Isaiah. Isaiah, nice to see you. Isaiah's not a student here. How many of you knew that? I didn't. I didn't. So last night he's coming in with Sarah. He's a senior at AV College, but your plan will come in here, right? Okay, that's a good thing. So last night he comes in with his polo shirt on. I said, hey, man, it's a beautiful polo shirt, but you need to go back to the dorm and get your suit and tie on. And this man says, um, I don't live here. <laughs> Animal crackers have more so smarter than me last night, okay? <laughs> And I, and I said, well, you need to go. And so he said, well, I'm not a student. Uh, and I went, never mind. <laughs> okay, now, uh, he showed a lot of class last night. And he said, well, he said, I'll do that if you want me to. I said, no, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you're not a student. But you look good today. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you Thank you, Isaac. Uh, so, now let me, tell you what that, uh, let me tell you what that tells me about him. He's good husband material. How you doing, Sarah? Okay. A castle speaks of, a castle got to have a queen. A castle has a moat. Right? You ever seen a castle? Got to have a moat. You know why they got the moat? For provision and protection. And so, brethren, let's be the provider and the protector while we're in school. And then it's got to be fortified. How does it, how, how does it be fortified? We walk, we walk with the Lord. 
I sent Pastor Chapel a, a text Sunday morning, and I said, I want to tell you about P.J. Dalzell, 1500 in church. He walks in humility and in power with God. And Laurel is right by his side getting it. Now, on this protection, I'll give you a little story, and we'll go. When our boys were little, we lived in Indiana and close to Chicago. Michael Jordan was a rookie. And our boys liked ball, so we'd go up sometimes on Saturday afternoon and we'd watch the Bulls play. In the day when Jordan was a rookie, you could go right down on courtside during warm-ups. Really. And then Jordan, all those guys would be warming up, and sometimes they would take off their warm-up thing and give it to a fan. So we're down there, and, and this lady standing beside me, and she's, she wants that jersey, and she's going, Michael! 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 And I'm going, good, good, good man. Get a life. <laughs> and, and so Jordan was, and he looked over at Mrs. Weaver, and Mrs. Weaver goes, Michael! Michael! <laughs> Whoa! And she didn't get it, and it made me mad. So we went to the game, and, uh, and, 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 and some guys were bad in our family and doing some things that weren't right. And so I just kind of took a stand. I went up to the guys. I said, hey, you ain't going to do that to my wife. And I thought I was going to die. I, thought, I, thought, I literally thought I was going to die that day. And so we're walking along. We're walking out of the old Chicago Stadium. Ms. Weaver got me by the arm. Old Todd and Joey, man, dad, man, dad, dad. Uh, and I scared half to death. I scared half to death. Now, you may be afraid on some of these things. But if, we, if we'll take just a moment, and God, you know, you know who I need and what I need, would you bring her into my life? And young lady, you know I, I, need, I need a man that will make me a queen. He'll put me on a pedestal. He'll stay away from pornography. He'll stay away from movies that use God's name in vain and talk about dirty stuff. That stuff will, that stuff will ruin you. And, and you. and then you can have that relationship that when the Lord said, it's glorious. It's without spot or wrinkle. And then you can, you, can in, you can in 47 years from today walk in this room and say, let me show you a little slide presentation. And man, it's fun. It is unbelievable. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Bible. Help us to obey it. Help us now to walk in faith and not fear. I pray that our young ladies would be sensitive to the need of the hour. And the need of the hour is that we need young ladies that are pure and sweet and, and, uh, and care and soul winning and take care of their